product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. me. In the bands left the roof at the dealership. A line, I speak, be the real shit. You can have no hands, you gon' still feel the shit. I turn on the track, every beat, I beat the bitch. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, welcome back. Thursday edition of the Fan in the Van podcast. I was going to do this tomorrow before work, but I said, fuck that. We're going to do this today. We're going to do this this morning. Um, I got to work a little bit early just to do this for you. So um, obviously a lot's been going on. Uh, Last podcast, obviously I talked about, you know, what's the love with Tom Brady? Is Aaron Rodgers too overhyped? You know, um, there was something else I seen where... Eli has a better shot at Canton before Aaron Rodgers does. And the difference between that, honestly, is that Eli's got another Super Bowl over Aaron Rodgers. And that, you know, Eli was just as clutch in the regular season, you know, in his career as Aaron Rodgers was. But the difference being is that when it mattered most, and for you Giants fans, that you hated Eli at times, you loved Eli some of the times, and you were just like, ah, it's just Eli, right? Eli was pretty clutch in the playoffs. I mean, 07 was one of the toughest roads to get to the Super Bowl. And Eli Manning made all that happen on the offensive side of the ball by escaping sacks, doing this, that, and the third. But that's not what this podcast is about today. All right? This podcast is about the joke that is now the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Now... Billy Wagner came out last night and he says he wants a clean Hall of Fame. Eh, You're not going to get that. And you haven't gotten it. You didn't get it the other day either when they decided to elect only one person into the Hall of Fame who got 77.9% of the votes. All right. Now you need about 75 to get in. I believe it is if I'm not mistaken. David Ortiz... Of the Boston Red Sox. Now listen. I get you call him Big Poppy. He's had clutch hits. Game winning home runs. You know. He's given Fenway Park that electric atmosphere. When he's at the at the plate. I understand that. But. David Ortiz. Is part of the steroid era. Now. I've weighed this back and forth. When I let steroid guys in. At some point they're going to get in. But now the, the people who vote, the, the sports writers that vote these guys in, you've made us clamor now for guys like Bonds and Clemens to get in because take away the, the steroid part where they used it later in their careers, okay? They were already Hall of Fame worthy before that. So... How is it you let Bond, you don't let Bonds or Clemens in, who, mind you, never tested positive, to my recollection, but David Ortiz was part of that, I think it was in 03, that anonymous testing that somehow it got leaked out that test number 855 was David Ortiz, and let's say 655 was Alex Rodriguez, and that test subject 45 was, say, Manny Ramirez, and so on and so forth. Now, every year you've had Bonds and Clemens in, their vote percentages have either gone up or they've gone down. Well, the change this year to last year for Bonds is 
Clemens, 3.6%. Then you have Scott Rowland, who, is he a Hall of Famer? I guess. 10.3%. And then you got guys, A-Rod got no percentage of the votes for his first year in. Andy Pettit went down three. Sammy Sosa is not a Hall of Famer. And being the fact that this is Bonds, Clemens, and Sosa's last year to be eligible, at least on this Hall of Fame ballot, they're now moved to that era ballot. And do I think they get in on that one? I think they do, but not first shot. And to be honest, if you put David Ortiz in first shot going in, I mean, there's a lot of Red Sox fans who say, yeah, he's a Hall of Fame player. I'm not going to take that away from him. You know, everything he's done in Boston, even though it's Boston, it's the Red Sox. I'm a Yankees fan, can't stand Boston, hate Boston, hate everything about the Red Sox, can't stand the Red Sox, okay? But did he bring that that electricity almost like almost like The Rock in WWE when you hear his music hit and the, and the fans just went batshit crazy? Yeah, he brought that type of electricity to Fenway Park in the big moment. But if you're going to put David Ortiz in, and there's a lot of writers I've seen that said it's time just to put Bonds and Clemens in, and not because it was their last year, because it's just the right thing to do. And mind you, these are the same people that won't put Pete Rose in, which is an utter joke. And I've said it before, and Jay's agreed with me, and Jay's been on the podcast when I've said this, and Jay said it. We both said it, and everybody said it. People I've talked to agreed. Major League Baseball will not put Pete Rose in the damn Hall of Fame until he's dead. Just put him in now, while he's alive, let him enjoy it, then he could die peacefully. Okay? I understand Billy Wagner's point. He wants a clean Hall of Fame. But you already got a lot of questionable people within the Hall of Fame. So it's not really a clean Hall of Fame now, is it? But these same sports writers who have to act with professionalism are the same ones who, again, wouldn't vote. One guy wouldn't vote Jim Rice in because he didn't interview well. And he didn't like to do interviews after games, whether he won or he lost. Big whoopity friggin' do. And I understand it's it's part of the it's part of the profession, whether it's Major League Baseball, it's National Hockey League, it's National Basketball League, it's the National Football League. I understand it's part of it. Okay? But in the heat of the moment and you lost a big game, do you really want to sit there and answer questions? Could Jim Rice have been like, listen, I'll do this interview tomorrow. I need time to cool off because I'm gonna say something here I might regret. He could have did that, but in the heat of the moment, you don't think with that rationality. But, again, Bonds, Clemens were already on their way to Hall of Fame careers with or without steroids. Last I checked, did we ever see a positive test result for Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens? I understand that Clemens went before Congress and they all said that he lied and and this, this, and that. Listen, take all that shit. That's past their careers. That's past their careers. We're looking at the career stats. And the career stats are what they are. Listen, you know, the other night I said that to me, Bonds is not the home run leader, that he didn't break Hank Aaron's record. He didn't break Root's record. He didn't break Maris's record. 
But in the record books, it's there. With or without an asterisk next to it. Okay? So we have to respect it. We have to just deal with it. Okay? We just have to deal with it. Bonds, when he was in Pittsburgh, yes, he was a Pittsburgh Pirate where he played with Andy Van Slyke and Bobby Bonilla and, and so many others that were there at the time when Pittsburgh, when the Pirates were a relevant baseball team and were a pretty decent team at that, was already building a Hall of Fame resume. Roger Clemens, when he was in Boston, was already building a Hall of Fame resume. So if you're a sports writer that wants to go based on what's happened post-career, then you're not acting with true professionalism to me. You're not acting, you're not voting with any knowledge or anything outside the spectrum. I think you just wanted to make them go through 10 years of, God, I hope I get in, I hope I get in. And guys like Roger Clemens, Roger Clemens handled this the best way Roger Clemens could handle this. He came out and said, I didn't play this sport to get in the Hall of Fame. I played this sport to to inspire a, a generation of people after me. And to that, I say kudos to Roger Clemens. I used to say these guys shouldn't get in. But the more, but like everything else, the more you tell us, it's not going to happen the more we want it. And now you got a fan base of fans who want them in. You want them in now. Because it's the right thing to do at this point. You could sit there and listen and say, nah, they cheated the game. Okay, but guess what? And how many other sports did somebody cheat the game? You've never known it. Or you've speculated. Tom Brady. Tom Brady cheated football. Deflategate, okay, cheated the game. When it's his time to go to Canton, will he get in the Hall of Fame? Bet your last dollar in your pocket he does. But Clemens and Bonds can't get in the Hall of Fame because you have these so-called supposed professional sports writers who think they're holier than thou that sit there in their ivory tower and go, you will not get in the Hall of Fame. Although you deserve it before the steroid scandal. You, Mr. Bond, will not get in. You, Mr. Clemens, will not get in. Kurt Schilling, well, you just like to run your mouth, so we're going to not put you in either. And he's another one. This is his final year on the ballot. Now he gets moved to the error ballot. Okay. He actually dropped 12.5% from the last time they did the voting. And I don't think a lot of it is his baseball career. I think a lot of it is his political views and all that. And you have to take that and put that shit to the side. Whether he's pro-Trump or pro-let's-go-Brandon, fuck Joe Biden, I don't give a shit. I don't watch a guy play based on his political views. So, speaking of that, let's say... If Barry Bonds came out and said, oh, I'm all about Joe Biden. Well, all the sports writers that love Joe Biden would probably have put him in. Okay? Call me crazy, but it's probably what would have happened here. Okay? Now, Roger Clemens. I'm sorry. Was as dominant of a pitcher in Boston as he was in Toronto, as he was when he got to the Yankees. And Barry Bonds was just as dominant a hitter as Pittsburgh as he was before he got to San Francisco. 
Now, did they use something to maybe enhance their careers further along the trough? Sure, probably. But who didn't? See, what you have to realize is this. And we were talking about it the other day. When I was at, the, when I was at South Shore Cigar. Ready? We were talking about the summer of 98. And you had Bonds, Sosa, McGuire, and all these other guys. And this is at the height of the steroid era. This is at its peak because we know what happened in the summer of 98. McGuire hits for, what was it, 67, 68 home runs, 70, I think it was, 71, 72, whatever it wound up being. Okay? Sosa hit for what, like 66? And these same owners and the commissioner at the time all knew what was going on. Why? Because three, four, five years earlier, what did we have? The same thing we're going through now, another lockout. Baseball barely had any viewership. It was barely making any revenue because of viewership. People were going to the games, but they weren't as into it as they were before the lockout. Okay? Jose Canseco writes his little book because he had to have a payday because he was broke. And it airs out who used steroids within baseball. Now, if this is what you're going based on is a book... Is there any credibility to what Canseco says in the book? Now, I never read the book. I don't want to read the book. Because half of it is probably a bunch of nonsense we don't really care about. Everybody probably read it because they want to see who does he list in there. Well, obviously, he's going to list McGuire because McGuire was his teammate in the early 90s in Oakland. Okay? Obviously, you could tell with McGuire and you could tell with Barry Bonds. Both came into the league slender. All of a sudden, Bonds is jacked up. And then two years later, here's McGuire, you know, in Oakland. And he's jacked up. But back then, nobody cared about steroid use. I mean, guys like Lenny Dykstra were using steroids. Constantly. Constantly. How do you know, though? I mean, McGuire came out and said that, you know, well, he he denied it for years. He said he didn't use steroids, used Androstein. Which at the time wasn't a banned MLB substance that now is. But the point is, these same writers were younger when at the height of this part of baseball that were clamoring for the the you know the you know the historical home run chase between McGuire and Sosa. And then they were the same ones who were writing about bonds about to break baseball history. But now you're the same ones who turn around and say, yeah, Bond, you did this, this, and this, but you cheated the game. You can't have your cake and eat it too. And that's the problem with the voting in MLB baseball as far as the Hall of Fame. This is why the writers shouldn't be allowed to vote. This is why, honestly, ask me, the fans should be allowed to vote because, honestly, some of the fans have more knowledge of this game than some of these writers do. I'm not discrediting a guy like John Heyman or Ken Rosenthal you know, or Jeff Passan at ESPN, okay? You're entitled to your opinion of why you don't want to vote these guys in. But if you ask me, I know why you're not voting them in. I know exactly why. You're going based off one thing, and that's the steroid error. And guys like Bonds and guys like Clemens 
And even a Gary Sheffield, who I don't think will ever get in, you know, a guy like Jeff Kent, who never cheated the game of baseball, is a guy who is a borderline Hall of Famer to me. He gets hurt by all this. A guy like Jimmy Rollins, first year on the ballot, he might get in at some point, but all these guys are linked, are linked. You know, you have like Mark Teixeira, first year on the ballot, doesn't even get a vote. Ryan Howard doesn't even get a vote. Like, and if they did get a vote, it's like a half a percent. Like Carl Crawford got zero. Jake Peavy got zero. Prince Fielder got a half percent. Teixeira got a one and a half percent vote. Ryan Howard got a two. Is a guy like Tim Hudson a Hall of Famer? No. Is a guy like Joe Nathan a Hall of Famer? <clears throat> but he's another one. He's going to get hurt by it. It's... I think it comes to a point where, like, you know, like, like, like I've constantly said, as the world of sports evolves and the way of thinking evolves and the way we see things evolves, these writers have to get out of their archaic ways and just look at the stats. Do you think I care that Kurt Schilling came out and said, oh, you know, I love Trump. I'm all for Trump. I don't give a shit. Okay. Do you think I would care? Do you think I would care if... Bonds came out and said, yeah, Joe Biden's doing right by the country. I don't give a shit. It, for me, as a sports fan, and only thinking as a sports fan, it's what you did on the field. It's the excitement you brought. Yeah, was watching Bonds try to break Hank Aaron's record, Roots record, the home run record. Was it all exciting? Yeah, it got everybody in their seats. Everybody was staying up late every night to watch a San Francisco Giant West Coast game. Every city Barry Bonds went to, and that summer, the, the, the you know, everybody clamored to go to the ball the, to the ballpark. Spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Look at what this guy did. Just like McGuire did, and just like Sosa did, and just like guys like Clemens did, they put asses in the seats, made money for these friggin' rich billionaire owners, and granted, they were getting paid ham- handsomely too, let's not take that out of the equation, okay? But, at the end of the day, put the guys in. For years I've been saying they don't deserve it, or if you're going to put them in, put them in with an asterisk next to it, or put them in their own category. But now it's to the point, the more you say no, the more we say yes now. Yes, put them in. Yes, put them in. Yes, put them in. That's it. It's, it's just come to a point. It's, it, you know, enough is enough. And again, I'm not discrediting David Ortiz at all, but David Ortiz is mixed in with A-Rod, with Clemens, with Bonds, with McGuire, with Sosa, with Sheffield, with all of them. They are all linked to one era. So how did one get in and not the other two? How? How? These writers were posting their ballots and, and a lot of them, when they put Bonds, they would check off Bonds and Clemens. And they would put in their little post on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, I'm doing it because it's time. It's time we open our eyes and just put them in based on the stats, not based on 
a you know a little blip in baseball history based on a Sammy Gravano rat in Jose Canseco. Okay. Again, I used to say they didn't. And P and I know people that I know are gonna listen and be like, you are a proponent for them not going in. But guess what? I'm one of those the more you tell me no, now I'm gonna want it. Now I'm gonna want it. Because it's only fair. You know, again, Alex Rodriguez cheated the game of baseball too. But is Alex Rodriguez one of the one of the smartest baseball players of all time? Yeah. He can't call a baseball game worth a shit. And I don't think he should be getting a Manning cast type show with Michael Kay on ESPN. But is he a knowledgeable baseball person? Yes, he is. Was he was he one hell of a of a baseball player? Yes, he was. But did we see what the effects of steroids do in the later years of A-Rod's career? Yes, we did. But in A-Rod's prime. A-Rod was as good as it gets. Same thing with Bonds. Was Bonds great in Pittsburgh? Yes. When he got to San Francisco, did he get that much better? Yes. Did he take something he maybe shouldn't have? Yes. But again, guys like A-Rod, guys like Bonds... Guys like Clemens were already building their Hall of Fame careers before they got caught. Or so they or so we think they got caught. A-Rod, I know, tested positive. A-Rod came out and admitted it finally after years and years of lying about it. He finally realized to clean up his image and make himself look better in the public eye, he had no choice but to let go of the secret he's been holding forever. We all remember the interview. He was trying to blame his cousin for getting him something. He thought it was a legal substance. It wasn't a legal substance. We all knew that. We all called bullshit right away. Okay? I've never seen, as far as I can remember, an interview where Clemens admits he took steroids. Clemens, in fact, has fought this so hard that he's had to sell off every frigging car and every house he owns to keep fighting the fight he's fighting. But the fact is, they're not going after Bonds or Clemens, and they haven't in so long. Just put them in. I mean, it took Jim Rice how long to finally get in the Hall of Fame. It's taken, for years, we've been screaming at these writers, put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Did Pete Rose cheat the game of baseball? No. He bet, did he bet on baseball? Yes, but that was how many goddamn years ago? You're going to make him suffer more? I think he's lived up to the punishment. I think he's suffered enough. But you writers, you really think you're better than everybody. Maybe I'm in the wrong profession. Maybe I should have been a baseball writer because I could be the judge, jury, and executioner of whether you go into the Hall of Fame or not. And I could sit there thinking I'm holier than thou and high and mighty and sit in my ivory tower and point and go, you, Mr. Rose, you will not get in the Hall of Fame because you bet on games you managed. Even though that was like 50 fucking years ago, but still, we're going to make you pay. That's like watching, and I hate to use this analogy, but that's like watching 
the girl you fell in love with in high school keep dating the, the wrong guy over and over and over again. And only after like the 30th fuck up, she finally realizes you were the right one and finally chooses you, but you had to wait through 30 other guys. This is what Major League Baseball is doing to Pete Rose. It's he They're making him watch all these other guys and some of them questionable go into the Hall of Fame while he's the all-time hits leader. And he has to sit there and watch these guys get in. A guy like David Ortiz who's been speculated to cheating the game by using a performance-enhancing drug to help better play. And he's getting in. But Pete Rose isn't. And if you're putting Ortiz in, you just made yourselves look hypocritical because you put a guy in in the height of the steroid era. In the height of it, at its peak. You're putting Ortiz in. But not Bonds. Not Clemens. Not even A-Rod. I would have been fine if you said, we're not having a Hall of Fame class this year and not have voted Ortiz in, because that would have been the more honorable thing to do. And then the writers would, would be able to save face. But the writers, the ones who voted Ortiz in, you made yourselves look like a hypocritical bag of douchebags. That's what you made yourselves look like here. Because how in the world can you wake up and say, yeah, I feel good putting Ortiz in, but man, Barry, man, Barry Bonds should have got in, but <laughs> or Clemens should have got in, but <laughs> see, mean a guy who has three thousand strikeouts for his career, something that you'll never see obtained ever again with, with the way Major League Baseball pitching is now, with the fact that they pussified these pitchers, how they don't want to make them go any more than five, six innings. God forbid. You know, they actually earn their checks at times. And I can't say that for all pitchers because you can't knock DeGrom because DeGrom's a guy who wants to stay out there and pitch. Garrett Cole's another guy who wants to stay out there and pitch. So I'm not going to knock all these pitchers. But if you ask me, when I said 3,000, wouldn't it be obtainable again? If Cole and DeGrom pitched the way they're pitching, they could obtain 3,000 strikeouts. I got to go and look later today to see where they are as far as career strikeouts as we sit now to see if it can be done. Barring major injuries, either one of them would be the ones to get there. But as far as you baseball writers go, you're all hypocritical now. And even the ones that aren't, you're now in that category of hypocritical because of your fellow peers. Just like in the Hall of Fame, guys like Jeff Kent and Todd Helton and Billy Wagner, who didn't cheat the game, are now put in that category because of their peers. But you voted one of their peers in, so why not the other two? Are any of them going to come out and say why? <laughs> they're not going to, and you know they're not going to. Okay? They are not going to because they don't feel they have to. But I feel you do. Like anything, you need to be held accountable for how you voted. So you need to come out and say, hey, I'm so-and-so from 
you know, the Chicago Tribune, I write sports for them, and I didn't vote Clemens in because, well, to me, Clemens doesn't deserve to be in. At least give us a legitimate reason to why you didn't vote Clemens in. That's all we want. But I also want a legitimate reason why you think Ortiz should have got, why Ortiz got in and got your vote, but not Barry Bonds. And let's put this on, let's put this on the weighing table. Who's better than who here? Is Ortiz better than Bonds? Or is Bonds better than Ortiz? And even though they play different positions, Ortiz being a a first baseman and Barry Bonds an outfielder. But let's put it on the weighing table. And who outweighs who here? As far as career stats versus career stats. As far as accolades, all-star appearances. Go down the whole list. Ortiz does not touch Barry Bonds in any of them. But to you, the writers, David Ortiz is a Hall of Famer. Take away the steroids. Barry Bonds probably still would have accomplished all of that. Maybe not the home run records, but all the all-star appearances, baseball player of the year awards, silver slugger awards, you know, you name it, he's won it. But Ortiz is a Hall of Famer is like saying that LeBron James is better than Kobe Bryant or that LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. Need I say, in both aspects, no and no. Because Barry Bonds, who's an overall better baseball player than David Ortiz ever was, just like Michael Jordan and Kobe were better basketball players all around, than LeBron James. And we've had that debate. And that's not what this is about. But you can use them in comparison. Okay. But. Even look at Roger Clemens. And let's say. As I go through the list here. Let's say they decide to put. Tim Lincecum in. And we know Tim Lincecum was just a flash in the pan. And Tim Lincecum was just that that phenom for a hot minute. He was that fad, like, like UFO parachute pants and Jenko jeans and whatever the hell else you could think of from the 90s. Okay? But let's say Tim Lincecum had a decent career. Like an Ortiz career, but as a pitcher. And Tim Lincecum got in over Roger Clemens. It'd be the same argument. We'd be having the same discussion. The same words would be being would be said now. And I don't think the writers are looking at the stats. The writers, again, are just looking at what happened post-career. And they're just deciding, well, if they're saying that, you know, Clemens took steroids and let's say... 2001, and that's the only year he took it in, let's say, let's hypothetically say, that's the only year he took something, or even HGH, okay, which Andy Pettit, mind you, took, admitted to taking it, and explained why, but Andy Pettit will be hurt by that forever, and Andy Pettit, like Mike Mussina, to a lot of people, was a, a borderline Hall of Fame pitcher. But Mike Mussina got in. 
You need to put Andy Pettit in. But again, Andy Pettit is going to always be tied to Clemens, to HGH, to the steroid era. And that is what will hurt him as well. Mark Teixeira. I'm not saying Mark Teixeira was this all-around Hall of Fame player. But if you want a clean Hall of Fame, you need to lower your expectations then a bit, writers. Because if if 3,000 strikeouts for a pitcher is what gets him in... And 3,000 hits is what gets you in as, as a hitter. And then saw, and then other accolades with that in both categories. Lower your expectations a bit. Because a guy like Clemens... A guy like Clemens already had 3,000 strikeouts. A guy like Pettit, had he not got hurt, could have possibly got there. Mucina, I don't think, hit the number. But he got in the Hall of Fame. A guy like A-Rod, who has 3,000 hits... Should, I'm sorry... If you're putting Ortiz in, then you got to let them all in. You open the floodgate now. You open the damn floodgate, and they should all be in. There should be no more arguing at this point. There should be no more discussion. There should be no more debate. There should be no more, well, he did this, 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 and this. No. You put Ortiz in. Next year, you got to put Rodriguez in. You got to put Bonds and Clemens in on that era ballot that you have. You got to put in all of them now. The ones that are deemed worthy. The ones that hit your accolades. That hit your expectations. Okay? Would I vote a guy like Mark Teixeira in? Yeah. I would. Not because he wound up finishing his career with a Yankee. As a a Yankee player, no. Because all around, he was a wholesome, clean baseball player. Albert Pujols is without a doubt a Hall of Famer. You know, does he get in first shot? He better. Because from St. Louis to to Anaheim to even playing in L.A. now, he's never been linked to steroids at all. You know, a guy like... You know, does, does a player like Brett Gardner get in? Who wasn't a big name, but was... A decent baseball player. No. Because he doesn't hit your precious expectations. Okay. I always thought that if these older writers left writing or passed away or just said, I'm done with this or just said, you know what? I'm sick of it. I'm putting them in. I thought that would change the spectrum and the scope of, okay, Clemens and Bonds will get in. But clearly some of these younger writers, you still don't have a goddamn clue. Go look at Bonds' stats from his rookie year to before you think he cheated the game. And tell me where he stands. Look at Clemens' rookie year to before you think he cheated the game. Look at Andy Pettit's rookie year to before he was before he admitted to using HGH or that year he used it. Okay? I had somebody tell me they think Sammy Sosa is a Hall of Famer. He's not a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry. He had one great year, and that was based on steroids. He's not a Hall of Famer, and he's not eligible on the ballot anymore. He gets moved to the error ballot, and I don't think he should ever get in. Do I think Mark McGuire should be in? Yeah. Yeah. Because you want to know what? Because you're the same writers who wrote about McGuire every day and how McGuire and Sosa saved baseball. 
But the difference is McGuire was already a better baseball player before Sosa. In my opinion. So to me, McGuire should be in. Just like Barry Bonds should be in for the simple fact that he he sparked more electricity into the sport of baseball. All these guys in that era were using things that are now deemed banned. They were using amphetamines to stay awake to play double headers. So that was fine to do. And I'm not saying that you should use steroids in order to get over and be a better player. But some guys felt they needed the need to do it. Some guys felt, hey, if I just use it enough, I can be that much better to make that much more money. Because with people over, and listen, I don't, listen, I don't think you should use it. I don't think it's healthy for you. But when you're in the world of sports and you're, and the eyes are on you, there's pressure that comes with it. And what you have to realize that at the end of the day, these guys are human beings, just like you and me. They wake up the same way we wake up. They put on their pants the same way they put on their pants. They shower the same way we do. You know, they open up a can of soda the same way they do. They open up a beer the same way they do. They smoke a cigar the same way we do. And that's that. And that's my take on the Hall of Fame. I know there's some, like, at 420 Sports Podcast who was waiting for this one. So I hope I lived up to your expectations on this one. Um, But before I go, I have to discuss this real quick. And I find it funny how I had a Buffalo Bills fan come in here the other day. And he talked about how the overtime rules need to be changed. I wish I was recording this and I would have did this as a podcast video if I was able to do this at work. I probably could have and got away with it with his permission, but I decided not to do it. And he said, you know, they need to change the overtime rules. And I sat here and my buddy that works with me, Brandon, goes, yeah, you know, I, I believe he said, yeah, I don't think it's fair. I think both teams should get the ball at least. I should know. He said, well, it's better than the old overtime rule. And remember the old overtime rules, all you do is kick a field goal. This way is better. Where even if you kick a field goal, the other team still gets a chance to score a touchdown and win. But here's the problem that you guys need to realize. It's not the overtime rule. Two things factor into this loss to the Chiefs that you need to let sink into your heads. You score the, you score the go-ahead touchdown. There's 13 seconds left. Squib kick. That's one. Two. When it goes into overtime, have your secondary play some damn defense. This reminds me of the same situation with the no pass interference call, the Saints versus the Rams, and then the Saints lost in overtime, and it was, oh, we want to redo with that game. Yeah, you had your second chance. It was called overtime. You didn't play defense. You lost. Okay? That's what led to that horrible you could review pass interference calls. If we all remember that. We remember how that experiment went. That was almost as bad as finally getting to sleep with your high school crush to realize she ain't really that great in bed. It wasn't a great idea, and you made the huge mistake. Okay? Let's just remember that. All right? Because we saw how that went down. But on other sides of the spectrum, uh, as far as NFL head coaching goes, Byron Leftwich is going home to Jacksonville. So there's one minority off the board. 
Um, you know, and listen, good for him. It, you know, he's got a lot of work to do there in Jacksonville, but I think, you know, Byron Leftwich is a smart guy, and I think Byron Leftwich can get it done in Jacksonville. That means if you're a Jaguars fan, you know, all 15 of you, you know, if they have a bad season, go, oh, 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 we got Byron Leftwich and it's still the same shit. Listen, it's going to take in Jacksonville at least three to four years to fix that franchise through the draft, through, through free agency, to get them to where they should be, and that's on top of the AFC South. You build around Trevor Lawrence. You build around Travis Etienne when he's healthy. You have some decent defensive players there. Build around that. Okay? Miami's being linked now to Brian Dabble. It was the Giants, but now they're high on Dabble because Dabble's high on Tua Tonga Viola. And honestly, I'm going to tell you, Giants fans, your answer is Brian Flores. And yesterday, your ownership came to your defense, so you should thank Marin Tish and not shit on them this time, that they are not going to trade for Deshaun Watson, that they are going to see what a new regime does in the draft to build around Daniel Jones, and rightfully so. Daniel Jones isn't a bad football player. Daniel Jones gets bad criticism because Daniel Jones is on a bad team with a bad offensive line that can't protect them. Again, do I think the Giants should have drafted him where they drafted him? No. Ask Jay, he'll tell you. No. Okay. But can Daniel Jones get the job done in New York? Yeah. He can. Just like if the Jets go out in this offseason and get the weapon Zach Wilson really needs and they draft people that the Jets really need, these two New York teams could be back in football relevancy because right now they're not in football relevancy. They're in the league. They're in like a league of their own with, you know, the Texans and the Jaguars and, you know, all the teams that suck. You know, I read something the other day where Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams would love to go play in Denver. Where does that leave Teddy Bridgewater? Steeler fans are saying we should go get Bridgewater. He's more mobile and, and a better quarterback than Mason Rudolph. <clears throat> that, that's a toss-up. If there's nobody else out there, if the Steelers really don't want to go and draft Kenny Pickett, and I don't think Kenny Pickett's going to be there, and I hate to burst the Kenny Pickett bubble. I don't think he's going to be there. If he's there, I still think you pass. And you're going to say, Jim, you've been saying that they should have drafted a quarterback all these years. Yeah, they should have found Ben's replacement before Rudolph. Before Rudolph. Okay? The Steelers have a huge issue in the offensive line. Go get a veteran offensive lineman. Draft one or two. Get somebody for the secondary. Because I don't know if Hayden's coming back. If he doesn't come back, listen, he had a decent career with the Steelers. Whether he goes somewhere else or he decides to retire, whatever he decides to do. But we could get into more of that on the next one. Um, So, but till the next podcast, again, as always, I like to say my thanks for everybody who listens, follows, retweets. You know, keep spreading the word, keep listening. Uh, It's only going to get better from here. Again, don't be afraid to ask any questions. If you want me to discuss something, if you follow me on Twitter, 
that's probably the best place to to ask me. So, you know, or if you're on Good Pods, you can message me there. I think you can, or you can leave it in the comment section when I post the links to the new episodes. Um, you know, there's a couple of things I'm trying to to work on. I gotta, you know, talk to some people, see when they're free. I want to do a Jets off season one with my buddy Rob. You know, see where he thinks they need to go. So, um, till the next one, stay safe, mask up, don't mask up. Who even knows what the mandate is anymore? But till then, be safe. Peace.